Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Net Zero Carbon Summit. I'm Thomas Watson, trucking expert here at FreightWave. Super excited to be bringing on Zaina El-Azi, founder and CEO of Gage Zero. Going to be talking today about adding equity in the fleet electrification strategy. A lot of stuff going on in the space, and especially given the stakes related to climate change, a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, Zaina, super excited to have you on. First, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, about uh, you know how, how you founded uh, Gage Zero. So glad to be here. Um, my background is renewable energy, is in renewable energy and sustainability. I've been focused on essentially projects in infrastructure that uh, help to reduce carbon emissions for my entire career. Um, I started thinking about ways to accelerate um, fleet electrification um, a few years ago and really launched the idea and the inception of Gauge Zero last year and was fortunate uh, enough to receive a significant investment to, to launch the platform. Well, there's a lot of a lot of interest in the space, and especially with electrification, I've spoken with folks who are developing battery electric vehicles, spoken with infrastructure, but it feels like there's a lot at uh, there's a lot going on, and it's hard to catch up where we're at. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what's the current state of electrification in terms of if we're just coming into this, uh, where are we at in, ter- in, in the playing field right now? Yeah, there's definitely a lot to catch up on. Uh, I think it's a very exciting space and it's uh, fairly nascent. So there's a tremendous amount of opportunity. Um, it's in its very early stages. I call it in the warm-up stage, if you will, um, when it comes to fleet electrification. Uh, we're looking at over a billion dollars of necessary investment into infrastructure, into fleet electrification. Um, so there are a few reports that we can point to when it comes to that, whether it's PwC or, Mc, uh, or McKinsey. Um, and we just think it's, it's a tremendous, uh, uh, opportunity. And we're really at the very beginning of these stages of electrification for fleets. And it's, it's interesting because especially electrification and infrastructure, uh, there's a lot of development that'll need for the grids. I've seen some reports even for uh, OTR and trucking that it may require additional uh, development. We're looking at about equity. I think equity is an interesting thing, putting it in context of electrification, because not only like from a commercial standpoint, but is this something where we have to be more mindful of the rollout? Is this a location-driven thing or is this more of... Uh, you know, getting stakeholders involved. I'm curious about the equity aspect. Yeah, well, we're going to talk a little bit about equity just overall. Um, I think that we can approach equity when it comes to commercial um, equity. So really, when we focus on electrifying fleets, we want to see benefits across the board, right? Is this helping communities and companies? Um, is it helping the companies uh, by 
allowing them to outperform their competitors, for example, based on vehicle maintenance and cost savings? Is it helping communities by allowing them to benefit through cleaner air and a reduced strain on their um, health and their environment? Um, one of the things I like to point to is the London um, Ultra Low Emissions Zone uh, result. It's a great example of how, um, you know, when you apply uh, Ultra Low Emissions Zone, it can almost immediately um, benefit the communities by cutting nitrogen dioxide um, and other harmful emissions um, in, in London. And it helped to reduce the number of asthma and air, pollu- air pollution for children uh, by over a third, and it saved over 800,000 tons of CO2 emissions. Um, and when we think about whether it's location-driven or grid-driven or people-driven, you know, I think it's all of the above. It's all interconnected. Um, urban and rural locations are equally affected by transportation emissions. We do tend to see a much higher um, impact, though, when it comes to socially disadvantaged groups. Um, those uh, communities can be really disproportionately impacted. Um, so socially vulnerable groups, you know, they might live in areas that have um, climate-related health hazards such as extreme heat conditions or um, flooding. We see that a lot here in, in uh, the United States around port areas, for example. Um, they can have greater rates of existing medical conditions, Um you know, and it's really important to recognize that these communities might have limited financial resources. Um, so, you know, we're, when we look at equity, we look at it from a community level, from a corporate level, and finally, um, from a grid level. So grid considerations, um, it's really important to think about how do we resolve those um, re- sort of pressures that we're all seeing on the grid um, by adding substations, by being savvy in terms of how do we add renewable energy? How do we integrate things such as on-site solar, um, or energy storage to these sites? Uh, and so we look at all of the ecosystem that I just mentioned when we start thinking about equity. And got another follow-up question here. Um, how do, let's talk about equity. How do we create equity in electrification? Yeah, uh, similar to EV transition in the passenger space, uh, fleets really need to consider the how in terms of the transition. Um, we want to make sure that it benefits everyone in the community, not just the wealthy. Um, we were founded with equity in mind. Um, we focus on doing what's best for our customers while keeping the communities that we work with front and center. Um, we do workforce development and job training. We want to do that while we ensure diversity, equity, and inclusion within our own team. Um, we think that the electrification ecosystem can really be fertile ground for a new way of doing business while we help to create a cleaner planet. Um, it's exactly why we're committed to building a zero emission future for all. I think that's a really great point. I remember having to go on a deep dive with NOx and emissions because in trucking carb rules, being carb compliant, you have to filter it through uh, these sensors. And even in places where I'm from Chattanooga, there are issues with emissions because of geography. Uh, So when we're looking at the rollout and opportunities for commercial fleets, would that be something where if we're in an area, maybe like a California, we're in a location where there's already... Uh, a public awareness for the impact of emissions on communities and even places near the industrial zoning. Is that kind of an opportunity to try and maybe get that lobbying for more infrastructure? If I'm a commercial fleet, maybe I don't need a little help. 
Yeah, I think uh, we all are going to need a little help, right? I think that the uh, items that are going to need to change have to come from the local community level. So, you know, whether it's in a, at, at your county level or at your um, local regional level, there's going to need to be advocacy in terms of regulatory and legislative ad- advocacy. And then we also are going to want to see, um, you know, communities putting pressure on uh, companies in order to apply the right types of technology so that they can see less, less pressure in terms of emissions in those communities. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And like looking at when you're looking at a fleet and they're trying to meet their electrification goals, especially from that commercial standpoint, is there some important things that uh, when we're adding uh, the equity into the equation that we need to be more cognizant of? Uh, I remember, for an example, uh, one customer got some Nikola trucks, but the warehouse that they were delivering to didn't have any infrastructure. So they had to use diesel generators to recharge the battery electric truck. Because it just wasn't in place or anything we need to take into consideration as we're moving forward on the subject and seeing progress. Well, I think that's that's exactly why we're involved in this business. I think that um, there's a level of critical project management that needs to happen in order to match up what the customers are doing in terms of whether it's ordering fleet, uh, ordering trucks or um, making sure that they have the charging available for those trucks. That needs to be lined up with the appropriate level of project development, um, permitting requirements, uh, utility interconnections. Um, and that's a little bit difficult to align, particularly in a new industry. Um, but it exactly points to why there's a, a need for, for infrastructure as a service to be applied in this space. It's a great topic. I, I remember talking to some folks about that. And that was one of the challenges is some fleets are worried because it's very expensive to run this, but they would also wonder who's going to pay for, how are they going to get help in terms of, that I have a terminal that I have to build this infrastructure or is my customer going to help me? And we're looking at that and we're looking at these fixed costs. If I, if I want to get these electric trucks and tests, is this something we're seeing fleets driving it? Or is this something where maybe a large shipper who wants to uh, have a, a you know lower emissions and use that as a selling point. Is this more of a shipper driven or is this more commercial driven uh, from your experience working with various stakeholders or maybe even the counties and localities themselves try to attract companies they're going to try to provide? It's a really great question. And the answer is it depends, right? So I think what we're seeing is um, a lot of the larger um, companies that own significant fleets, they may have the means um, to think about uh, what all the different pieces are that are going to need to be deployed from a capital perspective. Um, but they may not necessarily have the desire to deploy a large amount of capital in order to get that done. Um, and then when you think about some of the smaller companies, whether it's logistics operators or maybe local companies or regional companies that might have you know, anything from 10 to 150 trucks in their fleet, they're really going to need that help in terms of finding a partner 
that's going to look at this um, as an investment and really deploy the capital that's necessary in order for those resources to be available for fleet operators. And that's really where we come in as a company is, you know, we're able to look at a particular project um, and um, design and engineer that project and deploy the capital so that we can then contract with customers um, for their usage and their charging needs. um, And they don't have to take on the burden of that significant capital investment. But there are absolutely going to be companies that, you know, want to own and operate those assets as well. Uh, it's really cool because uh, helping guiding customers who are interested, especially from a project standpoint, trucking is very good at the trucking aspect. But I've spoken with some other people in the uh, electrification space and infrastructure, and they'd also mentioned that was a big challenge was you may want to do electrification to increase, uh, you know, lower your emissions, but you don't really know how to do it. If For folks who are interested trying to get the ball rolling, set up some early goalposts, what should we be paying attention to right now? Are there specific headwinds or roadblocks we should look for? Are there any avenues right now that may be able to speed up my process if I'm, I'm on this early stage of saying, I recognize I want to be one of those carriers with a low scope three. I want to be a person who can get these customers. I just don't know where to start. There's, uh, there's a lot of complexity around that. I think um, if companies are interested in owning vehicles, um, you know, they can certainly start to engage with companies to understand what are the um, incentives that they might be able to take advantage of in order to purchase some of these vehicles that tend to have a high upfront ap- capital cost, but they do have a lower long-term maintenance and operations cost. So it can be beneficial over time. Uh, the, the total cost of ownership is definitely going down uh, significantly year on year. So that's one consideration is to start thinking about what are those upfront costs. And then the second thing is to really start thinking about, okay, how do I plan uh, not just for this year, but for the next two to five years in terms of um, where my fleet is going to be uh, located and how do I operate that fleet? And then who can I partner with in order to ensure that I have the appropriate charging um, resources available. And one of the things that I like to mention is it's not really just about charging. It's also about energy management. And so when you think about, um, you know, what is the price of power going to be for charging over a longer period of time? Um, do I need to think about what time a day sh- I should be charging my vehicle? Um, do I need to think about how I change my operations um, according to what's going on um, in terms of energy prices and energy management and all of those things, you know, there are companies like ours out there that are there to engage with trucking companies and operators to help them understand what I think is a complex um, environment and one that's going to be more complex as the future evolves. Definitely. I have completely forgot about uh, is it, well, it's not only to charge them, but if you jar- if you charge them all at once during peak times, you may accidentally crash the grids. <laughs> Don't want to do that. Um, wrapping things up here uh, as well, talking about final looping up the equity, uh, coming from trucking, very male-dominated uh, aspect in terms of there's a very it's harder to get female representation. But one cool thing about your company is one of the few, few female-founded uh, and led companies in the clean tech space. Any recommendations or anything to say for folks, uh, especially women who are looking to get into this uh, industry, even the clean tech field, uh, that could help out? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly the more the merrier. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of uh, people who are interested and motivated in getting involved in uh, clean tech and renewables and trucking and logistics, um, particularly as we move towards uh, lower emissions. And we're seeing a lot of uh, young talent. Uh, I think the most important thing is for leaders, uh, male or female, to nurture the next generation of uh, people and employees and really get them excited about the space to provide appropriate mentorship and to be there to answer questions for people who are interested in continuing to grow their careers and to progress into leadership positions and to really, um, you know, push the boundaries uh, as leaders um, for investors who are interested in continuing to invest in the space and, and encourage everyone from an environmental perspective from a social engagement perspective, to invest in a wide variety of diverse talent, male, female, or otherwise. Super exciting to see how it develops in the space as well. If folks want to find out more about Gauge Zero, get in touch or try to get involved, what's the best way to reach out? Yeah, we have a website. It's gagezero.com, G-A-G-E-Z-E-R-O.com. And uh, you can reach out to us uh, through any of the forms on there as well as our number. Absolute pleasure to have you on, Zaina. It's always really good to hear about stuff in this space, and we're looking forward as well, keeping uh, abreast of all the developments uh, as we're moving up in, in the early stages. I feel like we're in the second inning right now. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. That's going to be a wrap for this fireside chat. But if you're just joining us, you're going to be able to catch this as well throughout the event. There's a lot more stuff going on during the Net Zero Carbon Summit. Feel free to check it out as well as the folks at Gauge Zero. That's going to be a wrap for this one. But stay tuned. We have a lot more content coming up. <laughs>